This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash happier. Visit IXL.com slash happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why you should talk to yourself by name, and we'll do a deep dive into listeners' suggestions for facing the challenge of overbuying. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who writes about happiness, good habits, and who just launched the Happier app. Check it out. I'm usually in New York City, but today I am in Los Angeles. And joining me today from Los Angeles, but strangely, we are not in the same place, is my sister Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And yeah, Gretchen, I'm in Encino. You're in Santa Monica. But I got to see you last night, so that was great. Yes. Yes, I got to see you, got to see Jack and Adam, and I got to see Nacho. That's oh, right. Yeah. I'll post a picture on the show notes if anybody wants to see him one ear up, one ear yes. down. It is so cute. And we've been talking about gift giving because we're heading up into the holidays, and we got a really interesting reminder from a listener about personalized gift giving. Yes, this comes from Trisha. She says, I just listened to the most recent episode of the Happier Podcast, number 353, The Happier Gift Guide, and I wanted to bring up something that seems kind of obvious but is often overlooked when it comes to personalization. Make sure you know the person's name before you personalize (laughs) something. I know this sounds so silly, but I cannot tell you how many items I have not used because they have been personalized for me incorrectly. Sometimes the name of the spelling is wrong, Jenny with a Y instead of Jenny with an I-E, or Anne with an E instead of Anne without an E. This is understandable, but easily avoidable. Sometimes people who don't know me well will abbreviate my name to a nickname I don't use. Think of full name being Christopher and the person going by Topher exclusively and receiving a keychain that says Chris on it. 
Remind listeners that if they plan to personalize a gift, that they should make sure they are absolutely sure about the name or initials of the gift recipient before they place the order. It may seem silly, but it can be the deciding factor between whether a gift is treasured or hidden in a corner or closet. And she says, Trisha with an IA, not Trisha with an A, and never Pat or Patty, although I've received items personalized with all three of those names. I mean, this is so obvious, but it's so true. It's like, yeah, Katie, how's that spelled? You know, what is a person considered to be their initials? Elizabeth, I have no idea what you consider your initials to be. If I was going to monogram something with three initials, I mean, yeah, uh, I know you don't care, but some people do care. ECF. Okay, okay, okay. There you go. All right, I'll make a note of that. So thank you, Trisha, T-R-I-C-I-A, yes. <laughs> for that good reminder. Also, if you are starting to use the Happier app, I've gotten a lot of messages from people who are using it about how they're using it, and this is just absolutely fascinating. So tell me how you're using it, how you're setting it up, because I find this endlessly fascinating. And again, if you want to check it out, you can download the Happier app in Google Play or the Apple App Store, and you can use Happier Now, one word for early access. But keep me posted because it's so fascinating. Yes, it's a great app. Now, Lisa, this week, our Try This at Home tip is to talk to yourself by name. So that's like, hey, Gretchen, you've got this. Mm -hmm. And why is this? This is interesting. Yeah. Research suggests that there are real benefits from talking to yourself in the third person. This is called distanced self-talk. So this is when you address yourself by name as if you were talking to a third person, to another person. And it turns out that there's just something about creating a distance between yourself and the idea of yourself as a different person that gives you space to assess the situation more objectively. It tends to help people control their emotions and to boost self-control. Gretchen, I love anything that's a reframing, and this is like reframing self-talk. Exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. Instead of, oh my gosh, what's going on? I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm so anxious. You talk to yourself in the third person, and it really just... It seems to just help people deal with negative emotions, even when situations are emotionally intense. It gives this distance, this perspective, this little bit of a gap that helps people stay calm. It's funny, Gretch, because I do this when I really need to psych myself up to do work, like I have to write, and it takes a lot of mental energy. I'll say, come on, yeah. Lizzie, you can do this. Or like, come on, Lizzie, let's go. And I call myself for some reason Lizzie when I do this. But that's so interesting because I don't know anybody. Does does anybody actually call you Lizzie, or is that only the name that you give to yourself? I didn't. I never heard you called Lizzie. Uh, my college friends call me Lizzie sometimes, and maybe it feels comforting because that's what they call me. Or I don't know. I just started doing that, and it works. Yeah, interesting. Well, maybe it seems even more other because it's not Liz right. and it's not Elizabeth. It's like this other third person who's, what's that old poem? Elizabeth, Elspeth, Betsy, yeah, and Beth yeah. all went together to seek a bird's nest. They found a bird's nest with four eggs in it. They each took one and left three in it. Oh. So, so a little Elizabeth-related yes. <laughs> uh, advice if you need more cells to talk to. And it's also true that if you are giving advice to yourself— in the third person, that's also useful. So, mm. and I use this with Eliza and Eleanor sometimes, you know, like tell your, you know, tell Eleanor what to do. And also you can use it to sort of probe a situation like, 
why is Gretchen feeling this way? Mm. Gretchen's got a sinking feeling in the pit of her stomach. Why is Gretchen feeling this way? Again, it's that it's giving you that perspective. Yeah, well, it goes to we can all sort of analyze other people often better than ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess if you're turning yourself into another person, it makes sense yeah. that you do a better job of giving that person advice. Well, and one thing I like about it is that it feels easier to do because you can say to people like, well, think about the big picture, take the long view, step back. And it's not that you would disagree with that. I mean, of course, it sounds like sensible advice, but it's hard to do. Whereas like say to yourself, hey, Lizzie, you've got this or come on, Lizzie, in the next 10 minutes, you need to sit down at the computer. It just feels like something that is easier to implement. And what's interesting, Gretchen, I'm just thinking about when I do this, I also do say it out loud, not just in my mind. So I don't know if that makes a difference. I bet it would make a difference. That's fascinating. Well, if you're interested in this subject and you want to learn more about it, there's a really thought-provoking book called Chatter, The Voice in Our Head, Why It Matters, and How to Harness It by Ethan Cross. And he is one of the main researchers in the area of distant self-talk. So I will put a link to that in the show notes if this is an idea that people want to really go deeper and read about all the studies and the research. So let us know if you do try this at home and how talking to (laughs) yourself by name works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. That's happiercast.com slash 355 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a happiness hack that's the opposite of a to-do list. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for this week's happiness hack, and it's fascinating. It's a to-don't list. It's yes. So the reason that I think this is so striking is so you know I have my tackle box that yes. I created. And the idea of the tackle box is it's all these sticky pads to help you tackle what you want to do, but it recognizes the fact that to-do lists don't work for everybody. So there's a to-do list, a today list, to-do list, to-do list, to-do list, to-doodle, and to-do or could do right. for all the people, <laughs> maybe rebels, who are like, I could do it if I wanted to, or maybe not. But Valentina has yet another really interesting twist on the to-do list. Yeah, she says, I wanted to share an idea that I thought of a few years ago and have put to good use ever since, a to-don't list. I come up with a list of things that I find myself doing despite the fact that I hate doing them. And then I put (laughs) them on a list. Every time I'm tempted to do the thing and keep myself from doing it, I let myself check it off the list, a.k.a. one of my favorite ways to get a little dopamine rush. (laughs) Having written it down and rewarding myself with checking it off a list is the way that I keep myself accountable and sort of unform the habit. A few examples from my to-don't list. Stressing about my home looking perfect when we have guests over. Guess what? No one is looking at my baseboards. Everyone is happy to be hanging out together, especially now that we can do so safely. Thank you, vaccines and rapid tests, eating and doing whatever else. I get the house to a reasonable level of clean and tidy for hosting and focus my energies on other better things. Another example, running. I hate running. I just think it is the worst. And yet every few years there comes a day when I decide that I should take up running again. (laughs) Usually when I see someone else running and let that make me feel bad about myself unnecessarily. And then I find myself feeling even worse because I just do not enjoy running. So now I stop myself from running and instead go do something that I do enjoy. Eating most raw vegetables. With a few exceptions, I just think they're better roasted or grilled or steamed or sautéed. Why make myself miserable eating something I don't like when there are so many things I do like? She says, I think we all find ourselves doing things from time to time out of obligation, guilt, shame, or whatever else. And in keeping with Liz's new ethos of letting adults do what they want to do, I thought I would share this tip for getting yourself to stop the behaviors you want to stop. Well, I think this is brilliant. And I love the idea that she literally checks it off the yes. list when she doesn't do it. Yes. It's like, that is what the to don't list is. It's like, yes. check marks, you to don't. And as she was saying this, Elizabeth, I thought of a perfect example from my own life where like I could imagine myself crossing this off the list. So you know how I have all my my rules for how to get more reading done. Yes. And one of them, and this is one that a lot of people struggle with, which is don't finish a book that I don't mm. enjoy. It's just like she says with vegetables. There are so many books that I want to read that I'm eager to read. Why, if I'm bored with a book or I don't like it, why am I forcing myself to push through it? And yet, even though this is like transformed my life, I totally believe in it. It's hard. There's something about starting a book where you feel like you're letting yourself down. You're letting the author down. You're letting the book down. And I'm like, this is great. Don't finish a book that I don't like. It's going on my to-don't list. Can you think of anything? 
Yeah, well, Gretch, something related um, to something she said is I have decided that I don't want to stress about my house when I have the writers here for um, Fantasy Island season two. So on my to-don't list would be like overly cleaning before the writers come. Right, because it's one thing to have people over for like an event, but this is people coming over to your house twice a week yes. for work. Yeah. So if every single time you were like running around and it, it, it would just become really, really burdensome. It adds another level of stress I don't need. Like, yeah. Right. Well, I love this. And Gretch, I think maybe the next iteration of the Tackle Box, you'll add it to don't <laughs> list. But meantime, Tackle Box is such a cool thing. Yeah, well, if yeah, if, if people want to check out the tackle box, you can go to happiercast.com slash tacklebox. And if you want 15% off, you can use the code favorite15, just one word. But no, I love it. And I love the idea that the simple to-do list turns out to be this like incredibly like sophisticated, nuanced thing. I know. It just keeps going and going. It's like the onion. Well, it's funny because I think it's a perfect example of how, you know, we always say, like, there's no one right way and that different methods work for different people. And the to-do list is one of the most basic things that everybody is told to use all the time from, like, day one. And yet it turns out it's a multi-splendored thing. (laughs) So more ideas for the to-do list. Yes. And now a deep dive into the question of managing overbuying. And so, again, I think you can tell what it is from the name. Underbuyers are people who tend not to buy. They don't like to do errands. And they often need things that they haven't bought because they put off buying. And overbuyers tend to buy too much. Maybe they buy too many supplies. They run a lot of errands. Maybe if like they're going on a trip, they'll buy everything that they could possibly imagine themselves needing instead of waiting to see what they need. And so because this is a season where a lot of people are doing buying, we raise the question to listeners, if you struggle with overbuying, what are the strategies that you've developed to help yourself manage overbuying so that you're buying? It's like what part of the vital nine, mindful consumption. You want to buy the things that you can truly need, use, or love, or that other people can truly need, use, or love. And people had a lot of great ideas. Yes. Well, and Elizabeth, before kick us off because you have an idea that I think a lot of overbuyers can use that's very relevant. You're not an overbuyer, but it's a good it, it could work well for overbuyers. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm I'm an underbuyer, but there are certain times when I'm really stressed where I just feel like buying things. And I was feeling yeah. that way when I was in Puerto Rico last spring. And so what I did was instead of buying things for myself, I started buying holiday gifts. So I said, if I really, yeah, I'm like, if I really feel like buying something, let me buy a holiday gift because I know I'm going to need it. And then I'll be ahead in my shopping. Now, you asked me something like, what size are your shoes or, yeah. or your feet or something like that, which is, I don't remember what it was, but it was obviously like a gift-related thing. I'm like, what is going yeah. on? Because my birthday and the holidays are so far away, but it was it was your stress response. Yes. So it's good because I didn't buy things I didn't need, and I got ahead on my gift giving, which felt yeah. good. And also, like, that made me feel like I was more relaxed, you know what I mean? Because I was accomplishing yes. something. Yes. So, yes. so one piece of advice is if you need to buy as an overbuyer, buy a gift. Okay, but here's what I would say. Wrinkle overbuyers, buy it for a specific person. Because yes. one thing that overbuyers do is they'll see something and they'll be like, oh, this would make a great gift. But they don't know for whom. And I have spoken to countless overbuyers who have like a gift closet that is crammed mm. with like snow globes and wind chimes and can openers or whatever it is. 
Because they're like, oh, this would make a great gift. So That's... it's good to do it, but have a person in mind. A res- yeah, like an, an event, like why am I buying this? Who's going to get it and when? Okay. So not just general gift giving. And then Monroe says, my suggestion is to use this saying, it will be in the store when I need it. I came up with this when living with my sister, who is a hoarder. She would stock up on shampoo, taking a valuable cabinet space when the truth is that no one needs 10 bottles of shampoo. It will be in the store when you need it. Of course, there are the exceptions of hard-to-find items or items on sale that you know you will use before they expire. But overall, this helps me to keep items out of my house until they are needed. Well, it's funny because I write about this in Outer Order, Inner Calm, and the way I put the same idea is store it in the store. Mm. So you're like, yes, I want this thing, but for now, I'm just going to store it in the store. They'll take good care of it. And I can go get it whenever I want. So to claim it as yours, but you're just, they're doing you a favor by storing it for you for now. That's good. Now, Rhonda has one that I think is very smart. She says, to avoid overstocking the pantry, I sometimes ride my bike to the grocery store instead of driving. I can only carry three bags home on my bike and so cannot give into the temptation of multi-purchase discount offers. And also in Outer Order, Inner Calm, I talk about research that shows that if you don't take a basket or a cart in a store, you take less because if you have to physically carry it in your arms, that limits you just the way Mm -hmm. Rhonda is limited by her bike. If you're in the store, you're also limited by what you can carry. So very good mechanical limit. And then Ruth says, I'm an overbuyer mainly due to an anxiety that I will run out of some item at an inconvenient time and will have to do without. I have found this tip to help me reduce overbuying while keeping myself reasonably stocked up. In baseball, there is a batter at the plate while the next batter is waiting on deck. I limit myself to one product I am using and one replacement on deck. I do not allow myself to buy an additional item of the same kind if there is already one on deck. Once the product I am using has run out and the on-deck replacement has been opened, I can buy the next item that will sit on deck. This works for groceries, personal items, and any consumable good that I regularly buy. Since I know there is another item on deck, I don't stress about running out of something. It helps keep the pantry in better order and saves money as well. I hope this idea can help other overbuyers maintain reasonable stores of items. Yeah. When along these lines, Sonia added, keep whatever it is in one place. She writes, seeing the stack of plastic sandwich baggies, post-it notes, tubes of toothpaste, etc. is the best thing that curbs me from buying more when I already have enough. So this is, both of these ideas are like, know what you have. So you don't just lay in these excessive stores, which take up money, take up space. Because a lot of stuff does expire. Right. And it's just unnecessary because, like, it's a great point. If you have a spare, you're not going to go without a toothpaste or whatever. Now, one thing that many people pointed to, and I think this is really interesting psychological insight into the kind of person who struggles with overbuying, is to add it to the cart without purchasing it. So Caitlin wrote, when I see something online that I didn't even know I needed but suddenly feel like I should buy, I simply add it to my cart. This especially applies to Amazon where I can save for later. I then make myself wait at least 24 hours, often more. I wait until I have actually needed that item a couple of times. But honestly, most of the time it stays in that cart for weeks and weeks until I eventually realize that I never really needed it and I delete it. 
Just the act of clicking add to cart, knowing it is saved, sort of satisfies the craving, so to speak. And I think a lot of overbuyers feel like somehow the putting it in the cart really gives them a lot of the satisfaction that they want. Yes. And you can do this with anything, with clothes. You can yep. go to the most expensive yep. store in the world yes. and put something in your cart <laughs> and get that yep. rush and then not buy it. And then Gretch Andrea had an added bonus to this. She said, if you're signed into the website, sometimes the company will send you a discount coupon if you have something hanging out in your cart. And I have noticed that as well. So that is definitely a bonus. You can get like 15, 20% off. Okay. Well, so there you go. You're you're not buying things you don't need. And then if you do decide you do need it, maybe you get it for cheaper. So that's a great idea. Amanda wrote, I try to put off going to the store for as long as possible, usually until my list is ridiculously long or until I absolutely need an item on it. This way, I go to the store less often and my list is optimized, which is my word of the year, um, to what I actually need. Stay focused on only getting items on the list and you will be sure that they are items that you actually need and you aren't buying items you think you need but already have at home. I know if I didn't put it on the list, I obviously didn't need it that bad. And, you know, another thing that's really good about this idea of putting off going to the store as, as long as possible is that research shows that, no surprise, the longer you're in a store, the more likely you are to buy. And like the more things you touch in a store, the more things you are, you're likely to buy. So if you just minimize the number of times that you walk into a store, I mean, again, it's very obvious, but it's a good reminder that just if you're running in every two days, it's just much more likely that you're going to be picking up this thing or that thing just as you're wandering through the aisles. Gretch, I could also add that if you only allow yourself to shop in stores and not online, that would also oh. be a way not to overbuy, especially like for clothes and TVs and things like that. Yeah. Well, if you want more suggestions, there's some more in Outer Order Inner Calm, and we've talked about them before. But one of my favorites for online shopping, too, is to not always shop as a guest, not to have all your information entered, because sometimes, again, just a little bit of friction. It's just like if you have to carry it in your arms, mm -hmm. it's sort of too inconvenient. If you have to enter in your credit card information and your shipping address and all that every time, it's just that little bit of friction sometimes makes it easier for people to avoid the impulse of shopping when they really aren't feeling intentional about it. So thank you, everyone. These, I think, yes. are really helpful and ideas that I had not heard before. So I thought that that was great. Yes. Coming up, I have a gold star for one of my favorite TV shows that is coming back. But first, this break. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter <laughs> sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus it has protein and fiber. <laughs> I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. 
Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for demerits and gold stars, and you're up this week with a happiness demerit. Okay, probably a repeat to merit. But Elizabeth, you know, and everybody who knows me knows that I am somebody who is just cold all the time. Yes. You know, they're the people who are, I am sitting in a room where everybody else is wearing jeans and a, and a t-shirt and sandals and my nose is turning blue, my hands are purple, my feet are icy cold. And I was in a situation where I just, I let myself get really, really cold. And when I get cold, I get kind of irritable and cranky and, and tense because I'm so uncomfortable. And I should have just taken the 10 minutes to, I was at my, I was at home. So I could have just gone and put on a sweatshirt, Mm. put on my fingertipless gloves, put on warmer socks, the whole thing. And it just, it's one of those things where if I, if I had just taken a few minutes, I would have been much more comfortable and I would have behaved myself better Mm. as a consequence. And instead I just, out of sheer sort of lassitude, put up with deep discomfort And what I find, and I think this is true for a lot of people, is that when I don't take care of my body, it really makes me irritable, makes me impatient. I lose my sense of humor. Like managing those little irritations actually adds quite a bit to my happiness and other people's happiness, too. It's your treat yourself like a toddler advice that you have for people. Yes. Yes. You should have wrapped up the little toddler. You should have said, Gretchen, you need to be warmer. Yes. Ooh, bringing it back, Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> well played. Yes, I should have said, Gretchen, you know, Gretchen gets irritable yeah. when she's cold. Gretchen gets impatient when her feet are freezing. Gretchen needs to have an extra layer, even if other people think she looks silly. <laughs> um I'm going to do that next time. Alyssa, take us up. What's your gold star? What is this return? All right, Gretchen. Well, Sex and the City, one of my all-time favorite shows, is coming back. It's not called Sex and the City. It's called And Just Like That, dot, dot, dot. And it's Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte are back. There's no Samantha, unfortunately. Mm. Mr. Big is back, the whole group, and I cannot wait to watch. It's funny because... I don't know how great it's going to be or not be, but just the fact that it's coming back fills me with such joy. And it's like, I don't know, a highlight, you know, that I can look forward to. It's, I I just am so excited. Okay, but Alyssa, I have two questions for you in your capacity as like a TV person. First of all, why do you think they changed the name? 
I don't know. I would not have done that because I think it could keep people from knowing that it's there. So I don't know. Well, I remember because, you know, they were shooting right down, like two houses down from me on my street in New York City. And I was like, oh, they're shooting it just like that. And you were like, oh, no, that's just the hashtag. And I'm like, I think it's the name of the show because like the posters, you know, they put these posters on the trees to say like, hey, you can't park on the street. And oh, neighbors, sorry to to bother you, but like we're going to be taking over, you know, everything as far as you can see. And you were really surprised. I was. No, I kept saying that that can't be. They wouldn't change the name. (laughs) So I don't know. I would love to know why they changed the name. There must be a a thinking behind. It is a good name. It is a very good name. So I don't know. All will be revealed. And here's my other question for you, which is, is this like a new trend or is this just something that now there's the capacity to do it? where movies and TV will unfold over time, like the famous Before Sunrise trilogy, which is movies, but where it's literally the same actors playing the same people later in their lives. Right, like um, Will and Grace, for instance, did that. Yes, and I just think it's fascinating. Yeah, I think somebody tried it and they realized that viewers love seeing characters where they are 10 years later. And so the landscape now is so saturated with so many options that anything to make you jump out is really desirable. I mean, look, for instance, Fantasy Island. Yeah. It's like anything to cut through. So I think that's why knowing that people do want to see these characters, that's why they've decided to actually use the actors rather than like, oh, in a reboot, have a new cast. Right. Right, because it's so interesting. Well, you had a great idea because we both love Game of Thrones. And at the like the very end of Game of Thrones, somebody said, well, to Tyrion, well, do you think this was a good idea? And Tyrion says, ask me again in 10 years. And you said to me, wouldn't it be amazing if they in 10 years brought the show back and you saw how all these things played out? And I was like, all I want is Oh, I am praying for that, Gretch. We're down like two years. So we have maybe like another eight years. Yeah, it's a big cast. That's a lot of people to wrangle, but we'll see. The resources for this week. If you are not already subscribing to my newsletter, you can visit a sample on my website and you can sign up at GretchenRubin.com slash newsletter. Each week I share five things that are making me happier and I ask readers and listeners questions and I include all kinds of updates and discounts and links and photos and all sorts of stuff. So that's GretchenRubin.com slash newsletter. And Elizabeth, what are we reading? I am reading L.A. Weather by Maria Amparo Escandon. And I just started, like literally I am on page one, of The Chiffon Trenches by Andre Leon Talley, which I think you've read. Yes, yes. Fascinating. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Call yourself by name. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like this show, here it comes. We've said it once. We've said it a million times. Please be sure to tell a friend and follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Craft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward.
So, Elizabeth, explain to me this this corgi ear thing, because clearly, I mean, it's so cute the way it's sort of like one up, one down. Mm-hmm. But is that is that will it stay that way? What's the deal with the ears? Corgis, both their ears are usually are up, and um, it and it's a calcium thing. As they uh, get more calcium because they're done with their puppy teeth, the calcium goes to their ears and makes it stick up. Something like that. So that's why it's a process. Now he's got one ear up and one down. Yeah. So he's as a puppy, they're down, and then they and then it's a sign that you're like you're growing. Yes, exactly. But it's very cute well, right now with one up and one down. <laughs> he looks very mischievous yes. with one up, one down. <laughs> From the Onward Project. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, Now it is on Homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. <laughs> 